Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Stylish Bride. I'm your host, Julie Sabatino, here to make sure you are dressed, styled, and down the aisle. And I am sitting here with a client of mine, Alexis, who is married this fall. And I'm so excited to be talking to her and sharing her knowledge with you guys because I feel one of the best ways that you guys can learn what's going to happen on your wedding day and how to put together everything is speaking with real brides or listening to real brides. I guess hearing me speak to real brides. (laughs) But anyway, Alexis and I had such a fun time planning out all of the fashion for her wedding. So I thought it would be great. And thank you for being here. Of course. Happy to chat with you. Yeah. So, well, first of all, let's give them, the listeners, an overview of your wedding. And so just, you know, broad strokes of how you picked and what you decided. Sure. So we got married in New York in September and we kind of... We're hoping to have like a quintessential New York wedding. Ended up choosing New York Public Library as a venue, mostly because of just the bones of the building. And we were drawn to how beautiful it is. And then we're trying to just build kind of the aesthetic around that. That building is absolutely beautiful. And Lewis Miller was your designer, wasn't he? And he did an absolutely incredible job. It was breathtaking. Yeah, it was great. And already the building itself has amazing bones. And then everything that Lewis added to it really just wowed. Me and hopefully everyone else. (laughs) Oh, I think that that's absolutely true. So, and then the night before you were having a big welcome party. Are we calling it rehearsal dinner? I can't remember what we... So we had a rehearsal dinner before just kind of for families and wedding party and then invited everyone who was invited to the wedding just for a welcome drink and casual dinner before. Yeah, I'm seeing that trend a lot. I think that especially when you have a lot of people coming in from out of town and you really had international guests and everything. You had people from England and all over the place, didn't you? We did. And I think that was a main thing as well is that we wanted, we actually first, before we settled on New York, we're thinking of doing potentially destination wedding. And it just became very clear that logistically that was really hard and we fell in love with our venue. So that really didn't happen, but we wanted it to feel like a wedding weekend. So kind of a destination wedding, but in New York. So we wanted to keep people involved and celebrate with everyone the whole weekend. Yeah. I mean, and you know, luckily you had absolutely beautiful weather, which really facilitated everything. And I was able to breathe a sigh of relief and (laughs) (laughs) we got all of the pictures we wanted. But so let's talk a little bit about how we met through your wedding planner, who was the amazing Leslie Price from an any event. And she thought that it might be a good idea for us to meet because you really had a very specific look in mind and we're having some trouble finding it. So she introduced us and it was a match made in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) If I do say so myself. No, but I think that it would be helpful for the listeners to understand what you were going through and how your dress search was evolving, I guess. Yeah. So I think, which is a little strange for me because generally I'm a very prepared person, but I had no idea what I wanted my wedding dress to look like, really. I think I had an aesthetic sense. I didn't want lace. I'm not very girly. So that kind of led me in one direction. But then the specific silhouette or things like that, I really had no idea. So I started with all the big bridal shops, just kind of trying everything on and realized that there was nothing absolutely perfect. And on top of that, I also was concerned about having a dress that basically every other bride might have that same year as well. So I wanted something unique to myself and kind of that emphasized my style and aesthetic, but also hopefully something unique to me in the long run. Yeah. And you have a modern aesthetic, I think, in a lot of ways. Like you said, you're not girly, which I think can present a lot of challenges in the bridal world because... There isn't, I mean, how do you make 
a wedding dress, probably the most romantic outfit you'll ever wear, feel true to someone who doesn't really, you know, want something that's, I don't know, incredibly, I don't want to say feminine because that's not really the right word, but you don't have a romantic aesthetic. No, not at all. And I think that was really difficult for me because you go to all these wedding shops or salons and it's lace on lace on lace or... I mean, there were even beating. some that were exactly beating. Some were even pink. And right. it just, <laughs> it wasn't for me. I laugh. I know. It's funny to even imagine you in pink. Yeah. <laughs> Works for some people, not we're, for we're, me. No, and I love it. But it's, yeah, for you, it wasn't. So I think when I came into the picture, you had a vision of this clean but dramatic aesthetic that would hold up well to the library. And we talked a lot about the venue itself and incorporating, for you guys out there that don't know it, it has these amazing, beautiful steps, both outside and inside. And Alexis was going to be walking down the steps, which you did very successfully, I will say. <laughs> did not fall. <laughs> you didn't fall. <laughs> In her gown, you know, going into the ceremony, and we knew we would be taking a lot of pictures outside. So we wanted something grand and dramatic, but not overly fussy at the same time. And we got close a couple of times with dresses that existed, but every time it seemed like you know, kept going back to it like, well, I don't know, somebody else could wear this. Yeah. And I think even kind of getting over that, it also, there was nothing that we found that was absolutely perfect. I think that the one dress that we came pretty close to was beautiful and very similar to the dress I ended up with, but I think it it wasn't architectural enough in terms of the design. It was clean, but I guess I didn't find it as interesting. That's true. I think that because you're an interior designer and you have an eye for details, it was important to you to have something that was pretty unique. So what we ended up doing eventually was creating a custom Monique Lillier gown that was absolutely perfect. And we really, we kind of took the top of one and the bottom of another to create what, and then extended the train and grew the skirt. And we did all of these customizations. But how did you feel taking that leap of faith? So I think that was really hard. And I think that was one of the reasons that I was hesitant to do, I guess, semi-custom in the first place, because I'm a very visual person and I would love to see whatever the end result is on and actually physically try it on. And then making something custom, you kind of don't know what it'll look like until you put it on and that it's too late if you don't like it. So that was a little nerve wracking for me. And then What did help was being able to kind of take bits and pieces of different gowns and mesh them together to be my own. So, I mean, I remember literally standing in the salon there with two dresses on, one to show the skirt and then one to show the top and kind of like patting down the fluff to see what it would actually look like. Um, And we did. It was great. It was great. And we have pictures of it, which I am not going to share, but I sent it to her wedding planner to say, you know, we've selected the dress and... I guess I wasn't like, I didn't go through exactly, or she didn't understand what I meant or something. And she writes back and she's like, blue? (laughs) Because the bottom was blue. Or no, the top, because the top of the dress wasn't even one of their wedding dresses, one of their bridal dresses. It was one of their runway dresses, which we decided to use. So we kind of were going all different routes. We did. And Monique Lillier is really, really great about that. And I've done tons of custom stuff with them over the years, and it always... You know, they'll only do it if Monique approves it and if she thinks it's a good idea and will come together. And I've never had something not come together really well. But still, as a bride, it's a leap of faith when you're a visual person. Actually, I think most brides have trouble kind of saying, all right, I'm just 
going to go with this. I know that I've got, you know, good people around me to, you know, great fitters and consultants and even the head of their bridal was there. So, you know, we kind of checked all the boxes to make sure. Definitely. It was still nerve wracking until I put the dress on when it was finally made. We kind of had no idea, but it was totally worth it. Well, I mean, it, it was stunning. And then, you know, as we were going through the fitting process, different things came up with the dress because it hadn't been made before. Like for example, the veil that we ordered came in way too narrow because we had extended the train on the gown and it was custom. We were like, you know, the veil that was ordered didn't come across and they weren't even sure that they were going to be able to get tool wide enough to go around your dress. And so I think it's important to, you know, when we're talking about custom and there are all of these things that even the most seasoned professionals don't know are going to happen. And so you have to sort of be ready to go with that. And of course we fixed it and it was beautiful, but you know, I think it's important for people to know that things come up, unexpected things sometimes. Definitely. And I think, I mean, anything from, you know, like me having a cut on my hand while I'm trying on a dress and, you know, the veil, but it's something that I think is part of the process. And as long as you surround yourself with amazing, knowledgeable people, like Julie. Oh, oh, thank you. I didn't even pay her to say that. Thank you. <laughs> I think it really helps. And knowing that obviously it's stressful to get everything right and perfect, but I always had confidence that it would end up being fantastic. And then, so this was really like the main wedding moment, but you felt very strongly that we weren't going to bustle the train. Oh, yes. And <laughs> so what that did. And I want to hear about that. But then we found a second dress for you that was a lot more manageable. But I know, but tell everyone else, what was your big adversity to the bustle? So I wanted a very large dramatic train to be able to kind of go with the space, go with the library. And then I, with that, I realized that bustling it would look kind of ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, it was a lot of fabric. And then really, I wanted the train for the photos. So I decided to keep it and not bustle it for the ceremony and then for the cocktail hour. For the ceremony and everything, it was absolutely fine. For the cocktail hour, it was like I was dragging a dead body behind me. (laughs) But the photos are great and I don't regret it at all. But I definitely would not suggest it if it was for a longer period of time. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, we had many, many, many discussions about it. I'm like, let's just put in a backup bustle. And we didn't. And... You know, I think, well, actually, it's so funny because I remember you saying to me, I am going to stand in one spot and everyone is going to come to me. And I'm like, okay, all right. Did that actually happen? Because I was gone by them. No, no, I wasn't, but I wasn't in the cocktail hour. So it did, but we also, so we took some photos after the ceremony as well. So we really were only at cocktail hour for maybe 30 minutes. Okay. I'm forgetting the timeline. Yeah. And so we weren't there for that long and kind of, even if I just said I'm going to stand in one spot, people are coming to you anyway just because that's the first time they see you after the ceremony. So it's pretty fine to manage just slowly moving towards where I had to be and just kind of easing into talking to people and dragging my dress. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. But, but even – I'm so glad I didn't bustle it because even the photos – of us going down to dinner or down the hallway before I actually change into the other dress are still great as well with kind of the grand. They're beautiful. They really are. And, you know, I get this question a lot from brides is, you know, I don't think I'm going to want to change into a second dress. And, or maybe, I don't know, I kind of want to be able to wear it all night. And I always tell them that 
you will be ready to take it off, even as much as you love it. And, you know, it's just difficult to wear those kinds of gowns for a long time. And you underestimate the amount of time you're in it because you, we dressed you at like, gosh, early, two o'clock maybe. And you got out of it at 8.30 or so. And you were ready to take it off, weren't you? I was. I definitely was ready to take it off. And kind of going back to when we were looking for dresses, I think we decided that I definitely wanted two different looks, but that could have been one dress. There were some dresses with removable trains or adding overskirt. Exactly. Something like that. And we ended up doing two different dresses. And I'm kind of glad. I think that it was nice to kind of just take one off, use it for one purpose, and then have another one for the next purpose, which is much more manageable and enjoyable to wear. Not that they both weren't enjoyable to wear, but for different reasons. <laughs> but for different reasons, by the time you got into dinner and you were really able to mingle with your guests. The second dress was Amira Zwellinger that was one shoulder, lace, but it had a metallic detail on it and a little bit of a peach undertone, but not much. It didn't read overly girly. But And then you stayed in that all night. You went to your after party and everything. So I stayed in that dress and that had a tiny bit of a train that we kept for dinner and then bustled for dancing after. So I allowed that bustle. <laughs> but Begrudgingly. That we, Begrudgingly. The only way I got you to put that in was like, well, you don't have to use it if you don't want to. You probably won't, but just put it in. But it's good because when you're dancing, it, you will definitely absolutely trip and get stepped on yes. if you leave it down. Yes. And so I'm definitely glad we had that one. Yeah. And I think one of the most amazing things is that you kept your shoes on all <laughs> night which is a true feat on your feet. Exactly. <laughs> no pun intended. And I totally appreciate this. Julie's main recommendation was, okay, especially if you're switching dresses, change shoes, but beyond changing shoes, change the profile of the shoes. I found one pair of shoes that I really liked, so I bought them in two different colors, one for the first dress and one for the second dress, which probably wasn't the best idea in terms of changing the pressure points on your feet. I persevered. You did? And it was great. <laughs> I didn't take them off until I think 2 a.m., 2.30. Oh my God, that's incredible. So it was good. But I wouldn't say that they didn't hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Hence, they're in a box in the corner of your room, never to be worn again. (laughs) But I mean, I think that it's actually, you know, brides underestimate how hard it is on their feet. You know, they think, oh, I've worn stilettos my whole life. I can walk around in them. It's fine. But you're doing different things on that day and a lot of standing in one spot and it does hurt more, you know, so, but I give you a lot of credit for persevering. Well, I also think you kind of forget how much standing there is. So for all the photos, I mean, the photos before the wedding, that was, took quite some time. You're standing the whole time for the ceremony itself. You're standing the whole time. So there isn't really much of a break for cocktail hour. You know, people are talking to you. So you're again, standing, you really, first time we sat was at dinner. And I was ready for break then. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I've actually put foot bath, like ice baths underneath the dinner table for brides. <laughs> I swear to God. But, you know, different shoes for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the other thing that I thought was really interesting and different for you was because you were having a big rehearsal dinner, we ended up doing, well, a lot of my clients wear white all weekend, but we ended up buying a different wedding dress for that. It was a much more simple wedding dress, of course. But the reason we did that was because you were thinking of getting most of your photos over that night on Friday night. Yes. And I am so glad we did that. So basically what we decided to do, Leslie, the wedding planner, who's wonderful, convinced me I didn't want to do photos until after the wedding ceremony. So I know a lot of people for timing purposes do it before the wedding ceremony. And I didn't want that. I wanted kind of it to be a big wow 
for people seeing my dress the first time and just kind of enjoying the moment and then taking photos after. I was convinced otherwise. So the deal that I made was that I would take all of the large family photos before on Friday night. So then the only people who took photos on Saturday were Sam and I and our wedding party and immediate family. So like parents and grandparents. I really enjoyed it. I think it was great. I think the big group photos are, depends on who you are, your different family preferences. But I think a lot of the big photos are people, you need to have them, but they're not the ones that I think are the most special. Personally, I think the ones like even it's more of a action shot, like at the wedding or dancing or something like that. So we wanted to deal with all the large family photos on Friday, which is what we did. Yeah. And I think it was good. I think I wouldn't change it. And I'm glad that we did not do the photos after the ceremony. It was good to get it out of the way beforehand so we could actually enjoy part of the cocktail hour. But yeah, I would definitely recommend potentially doing <laughs> the family photos on Friday. No regrets. Okay. No. And you know, it's kind of a great idea because the wedding day goes so fast and I have a lot of clients that get exhausted during photos and they get mad at the photographer. They're like, come on. But they've given them a list of 75 family members that they need to take a picture with. And you need those photos, right? Like your aunt and uncles and cousins and whatever, like you want to have a photo of them. But I agree. And I knew that I would be on edge or just a little stress on the wedding day, just making sure everything was going well. And I didn't want to be in the dress for even more. I mean, we've already talked about how long I was in the dress. I didn't want to be in it for even longer to take all of these family photos. And it's like hurting cats. Like, you know, you have like a 20 person photo and it takes 30 minutes to gather everyone around. Absolutely. Even with the best team, you know, planners and photographers, everyone calling everyone, it's still a nightmare. Yeah. People wander off or they hear what you're saying or (laughs) go to get a sandwich. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) It's true. And it reminded me of something else we didn't talk about specifically, but because Alexis's dress was satin, we were really concerned about it getting dirty, like walking around New York City. And that is absolutely a thing. Even in the library, because the floors are marble, we were really, really careful. And you know, thankfully, we were there with her and my team and I, and we carried a sheet around with us to make sure that when we were putting down the train for those gorgeous photos on the steps and you know all of that, that it wasn't getting dirty. I mean, it still gets a smidge dirty, but the last thing brides want is to go down the aisle with a filthy train. And in New York City, that's a real concern. And I think that was part of my concern as well for taking not wanting to take photos before the ceremony because I wanted the dress to feel like fresh, crisp, not dirty. And like that was really the main moment, right? The ceremony being in the dress. So I know you and I talked about that a lot, that my big concern with wearing it and taking photos before was that it could get dirty. So (laughs) tarps everywhere. (laughs) Tarps everywhere. And also the most amazing shot of Alexis crossing the street from the hotel across the street in her robe because we dressed her in the wedding dress at the library because we really wanted to make sure that she wasn't, you know, getting unnecessarily dirty, which is an awesome photo. It is awesome. <laughs> that wasn't intentional. I did not bring clothes to wear over that I could get over my head after I finished by doing my hair. So I had no choice but to wear a robe across the street. So funny. I know. It was the best shot ever. It was hilarious. And people were waving at you. (laughs) And I mean, it was like a beautiful Saturday in September. There were a lot of people around. It was. It was. (laughs) It was amazing. So is there any advice that you can give brides 
for the wedding day or even leading up, I suppose, you know, what's your best advice to people who haven't been through this? So I think the biggest thing that I took away from it is I'm very detail oriented and really work to kind of make everything as perfect as it possibly could be leading up to the wedding, whether it's invitations or picking music, food, anything, floral, whatever. And it was extremely stressful. But what I realized was the day of, I just needed to let everything go and not be concerned about anything that went wrong or anything that didn't go as I had expected and just enjoy the moment. And I was able to do that. And I think that takes a lot just to be able to mentally, you can say it, right? You can say, I'm going to do that. But then to actually sit there and do it takes a lot of energy and effort. But I did. And I everything was amazing. It was perfect. And I really enjoyed it. And I think that's a big takeaway. I hate to hear a lot of people say, you know, I didn't enjoy it because I was stressed. Or you'll see friends saying, oh, she, my other friend who just got married just seemed stressed the whole day. She didn't even seem to enjoy it. And I think that plays a lot to your guests too. So if the bride and groom are really enjoying themselves and having a good time, I think everyone else follows suit. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. Another one of my clients said the same thing, that the bride and groom really set the tone for the guest's experience. And I hadn't really thought of it like that probably because I was married 17 years ago, but it's true. And you really were, I mean, you know, going into it, I knew how much the details mattered to you. And I was like, okay, I hope that, you know, she's really able to relax and enjoy it. And you absolutely were. It was, you know, I could see it on your face. You were just like having the best time. Yeah. And I think it was great. We also had an engagement party before, which I think helped me realize that I really needed to let go. The engagement program was wonderful as well, but I think I was on edge. And I think that shows it made my experience less enjoyable and probably the guests as well, because they could sense that I wasn't fully there. Yeah. Any things you would do differently? No. <laughs> really? No. That's awesome. No, I'm trying to think. I don't think so. Oh, eat more dessert. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and I think that was hard too. Just plan, knowing that people are going to be talking to you and coming up to you the whole time and you wanting to be fully involved in everything. So yeah, I guess I didn't go to the dessert bar. <laughs> <laughs> that donut wall, you didn't yeah. have a donut? Oh my God, donut, but amazing. I heard they were great. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's actually like not a bad point to have everybody, have them save you like one of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually when we were getting ready to go back upstairs for the dancing portion, we brought cake while we were waiting, which was great. That was the only dessert we had, actually. But it was good. It was nice to kind of decompress a little bit and enjoy some of the food. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. I feel like this is great information that's going to help other brides. And I always love talking to you. So thank you. Thank you, Julie, for everything. It was <laughs> truly my pleasure. Well, that is all for now. And as always, if you guys have any questions, please reach out. You can find me on Instagram at The Stylish Bride. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast from, because you don't want to miss a tip on how to be dressed, styled, and down the aisle. Bye for now. <laughs>